0: The Russian-Ukrainian war enters its twelfth day. Let's take a quick look at what's actually happening, because there's a lot going on down there. Gas prices are killing people as they go into the atmosphere, and things are just going to get worse. And uh, Sulu, who the man may boldly go where no man has gone before, but he sure doesn't see what's going on around here. This is Gene. And you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Busy weekend I had this morning, um, this weekend. I went to Los Angeles, see my daughter and my grandkids and my son-in-law and my dad and my mother. Went up to, then uh, on Saturday, we had a party for Josie's grandchild. I mean, it was a bit really a busy weekend. Uh, we still managed to eat pretty good. So that was good. We didn't, you know, we're working out like dogs right now to try and lose some weight. And that was the other good news. I've lost four pounds. Yay. So at least I'll be somewhat motivated to go to the gym tonight because I know it's working. Okay. Uh, Let's go into this Russia-Ukrainian war. It's been going on for 12 days and some new stuff is actually happening um the united nations is now well first off ukraine is really holding their own here uh this remember i had said between 36 and 48 hours and russia which seems to be militarily completely incompetent is just apparently getting their butts kicked now that doesn't mean they're not they're not gonna they're not gonna win this war but there are now doubts that they could win this war. Um, the a, a UK intelligence officer had said this weekend that uh, he was asked, "Hey, is there a chance Russia loses this war?" And he's is it, or is it inevitable that Russia wins this war? And he said, "No, it is not inevitable by any stretch of the imagination. This this could be one of those things where." Putin needs to figure out out a way to get out of this war because uh, it's going to kill him. And no matter what happens, even if he takes over the country, there's going to be a rather strong insurgency and you are looking at civil war for anywhere from 10 to 20 years. That's how sure they are of this. So this is really looking really ugly for the Ukrainians or the uh, Russians right now. Uh, but it's not looking great for the Ukrainians either. United Nations is now estimating that 1,735,000 people have fr- fled Ukraine since February 24th. They're going to Latvia. They're going to Madrova. I, I hope I pronounced that correctly. I'm sure I didn't. Um, they're going to Poland. Poland is taking a brunt of the refugees and this is because supposedly, we're going to say supposedly here, Russia and Ukraine came up with a deal that would allow citizens to leave uh, the uni- leave Ukraine. Yeah, apparently that's not a deal that Russia is really following. Um, that deal broke down minutes after the deal was made, and now they're saying that places the safe passages are being lined by mines. The roads are being lined with mines. So people are stepping on mines and Russia's doing this. Now we can't be a hundred percent sure that it's Russia or you don't know what's going on over there. But the reality is Russia's main way of fighting a war is through brute force. And so far that's exactly what they're doing. They're surrounding cities And they're waiting a little bit. They're bombing them to soften up the cities. And then they walk in. So far, it looks like I believe they've only taken over two cities. Uh, They have taken over a couple of airports. So they are beginning to kind of soften them up. But those are smaller cities. They practically have the entire south of Ukraine. But they're having a lot of trouble with some of the bigger cities like Kharkiv and Kiev. They're having a hard time trying to get a hold of those of those cities. The cities they look like they have are uh, uh, Mar- Mar- Mario Pol and mykolaiv Le- which are southern cities, and they're they're pretty small cities. So Cherchinev, which is in the northern part, Sumy, Kharkiv, and, U- and Kiev, Kiev. Which are in the northern parts, those cities are holding their own and they're much larger cities. Kharkiv being the second largest city over there. Um, Biden administration is now beginning to ban, think about banning Russian oil imports. That's good. I think that's really the only thing. Let, let's understand something. T- let's understand something too. Right now, Biden, Biden has already screwed this up. By not going in and putting all sanctions he could on Russia. Russia is now in. No sanctions he puts on Russia is going to help. So the United States, which pumps about 500,000 barrels of oil a day, gets they get from Russia. That's about 4% of our oil reserves. That's 4% of the oil we use. By not doing that right off the bat, it it didn't discourage Putin from going in, and all of the other all of the other sanctions we're going to talk about in a section, it, it's not working. Putin right now is in. He needed to be prevented to go in. There was nothing preventative done, and now it's all so Biden has very little choice but to continue sanctions, cut off the Russian oil supply, which I think is right. Give weapons to Ukraine, which he's doing. I think that's right. And basically wait out Putin. Uh, there's no other choice the United States has. Now, I know they're doing a lot of talking about a um, uh, air, stopping all of the aerial, what do they call that, A um, air ban, so that the Russians can't fly air missions. Neither the Russians or the Ukrainians can fly air missions, but... Uh, basically, no one is going to do that. Biden administration is right here, too. They're not going to do that, and that's because it's just going to escalate into the United States ending up having to be in this war because it means we're going to have to shoot down uh, Russian surface-to-air missiles. We're going to have to shoot down Russian airplanes. So that's not going to happen, and Rush- and the Biden administration acknowledging it's not going to happen is good because there are a lot of Republicans out there that say we should, uh, we should uh, shut down their airspace, freeze their airspace, I don't agree with that. I think we need to stay out of this and just wait Putin out because this is not going to be good for Putin. So there's been an estimated 5,100 people in 72 Russian cities that were arrested on Sunday alone for protesting. That's the other thing. Russia does not have any support. The Russian people do not want this. The Russian military, half the time, doesn't even know what's going on. And it, it shows by the way they're fighting. They they are not doing well. There was talk today that 5,000 Russians have been killed already. Again, we don't know what's true. That's according to the UN. That's just what they're reporting. Russia, uh, the Ukrainians are saying they've killed 7,000. The Russians are saying they killed 5, 500 Russians. Um so... You don't know what's going on over there. Everything is static. And we're beginning to find out. A lot of things that I said, I talked about last week, a lot of it wasn't true or was extremely exaggerated. Uh, So far, uh, the United Nations uh, for Human Rights announced Monday that about 406 civilians have been killed and 800 have been injured since the fighting on on February 24th. That sounds kind of low but we re- again we really don't know what's going on. Russia signed into law a law, a bill that prevents misinformation and disinformation in the news media. So independent medias like CNN and the BBC have shut down all broadcasting in Russia. A couple of independent Russian news organizations have shut down. There was one there was a piece of film where uh, Russian newscast, they just got up. They all got up in the middle of their new ca- newscast and walked out. And it was all caught on film. And then we've got some weird stuff happening. Uh, there was a, a Russian F1 driver, which was kicked off his team. He was a driver for the F1 car racing. Why he was kip- kicked off, I have no idea. We are still... Banning or a bunch of uh, liquor stores are banning Stoli and Kamchatka and uh, uh, the other Russian vodkas out there. The kicker is Stoli is actually American made, it's not Russian made. MasterCard and Visa have discontinued service in Russia. This could actually have an opposite impact. First off, I don't understand why stopping the people from being able to use money. The ruble is already in the toilet, but why taking the Russian citizens' rights away to uh, buy things is a good thing. Why that is going to change, that's going to change Vladimir Putin's mind. I don't think it's going to. And uh, not to mention Russia, now they're beginning to panic a little bit. They're contacting China to try and implement China's credit card system, which is called Union Pay. So I think it's actually going to have the rever- a reverse effect. It's not going to have the same effect they think it's going to be. Vladimir Putin is now being accused of, and it looks like they're going to, uh, today, it looks like they've. it's announced that they're going to start investigating war crimes. And this has to do with those vacuum bombs I talked about last week. Uh, these are missiles that are shot from the TOS-1A uh, missile launch. These are, uh, t- sorry, tos 1A missile systems and a vacuum bomb basically is a, instead of using shrapnel, it uses a fine powder. And when the bomb goes off, that powder spreads out and it can get into houses and burn anything within a house. It can get into tanks and burn everybody within a tank. It is illegal. It's against the, um, it's against international law. To use these weapons on civilians, and apparently they are. That's all being investigated. And again, we just don't know. We we really don't know. Um, it wouldn't shock me, because Putin's way to win this war is by killing and killing lots of people. That's how he's gonna win this war. The now the bad news, there's some um, there's some pretty much a lot of bad news for Vladimir Putin. The Ukrainian Air Force is still intact. So even though Russia has been trying to go after their fuel, it has been trying to go after their um airports. Ukrainian the Ukrainian still has is still fighting Russian air the Russian air force in the air and they're winning. They're doing very well. I'm not talking about the ghost of Kiev or anything like that. They are actually beating them in the air. The United the world is also still targeting, still sending weapons to Ukraine. Uh 17,000 uh, rocket launchers have been sent to Ukraine. Planes are being sent to Ukraine. Right now the United States is actually making a deal with Poland so that Poland sends their MiG-29 older MiG-29 fighters to uh Ukraine to use and then the United States would provide Poland with uh f-16s i heard f-19s i'm not sure which it is but it's either F- it's set in the uh links that i have posted they said f-16s but i heard today in the news it was f-19s i'm not sure which ones but basically the united states is not only upgrading the polish uh, polish military which is going to be important to deter russia from going anywhere else but they are they are, um, if this works out, they're going to be supplying uh, the weaponry to the Ukrainians to continue this fight. Uh, Ukraine is asking for planes, armed drones, and the Russian version of the Patriot anti aircraft missile system. Uh, and countries like Flor- uh, Florida, I almost said Florida, uh, countries like Poland are agreeing to it. And these are portable systems so they can be sent over. Quite easily, they don't need to be set up like uh, the Iron Shield does in Israel. That could be an absolute killer. So they've got they've got some issues over there. It's this is going to be a long war, and they're talking they're talking. It is by no there by no degree is Russia has Russia won this war. There is nowhere that Russia is winning this war. And they are talking that we won't have any idea what's going on for weeks, possibly months. And if Russia does take over, Russia will be at war for decades. Is what the the talk is now. We'll have to we'll have to see what what happens here. But meanwhile, things aren't going great here. Um, gas and oil prices are astronomical right now. I walk. Now let me give you an example. So I went out. Gas was at 455 on I think it was Wednesday. On Thursday they went up to 479. On Saturday they were up to 519. This is in California, mind you. The average uh, price of gas in the United States has hit a record $4.19 a gallon. That's Now mind you, that's throughout the United States. Because California, obviously, we're really high in California. New York is very high. Arkansas, Arizona, they're typically a lot lower. So they are now averaging over $4 a gallon. Now, just to give you a hint here, um, the average gallon of gas last month was $3.44. So you are looking at a $0.56. What is that? 66 So you are looking at a $0.73 cent increase in over a month. And by the way, the average price of gas last year when Trump left office was 279. So before and I, I know that that Jen Psaki is trying to say that the reason gas is going up is because of uh, is because of Ukraine. Well, no, before Ukraine was invaded, gas was already at 344 from 279. So it had already gone up uh 70 80 cents. It was up 30 35%. Uh Oil is right now $130 a barrel, and it's expected to get, get this, to $140 a barrel by tomorrow. Forecasters expect oil to reach before anything is done, before because this is going to be a really long conflict. They expect oil to reach $200 a barrel by summer. We are looking in the United States at $7 a gallon of gas. Six dollar uh, and six dollar six dollars a gallon in Los Sa- California. You're looking at seven dollars. There's even some talk that it could be eight nine dollars a gallon before this whole thing is through. So, it, it, it's what's the Biden administration doing? Well, not much. Uh, again, they're going to Saudi Arabia again to ask them to increase oil production, but Saudi Arabia. Again, told Biden the Biden administration to kick rocks. They're not going to up and send more oil out, and that's not a surprise. This all has to do with that Khashoggi killing, the uh, reporter, the MSNBC reporter, who was who was theoretically, I think it was pretty much confirmed now, but assassinated by the prince in Saudi Arabia he that that prince was pissed at biden for tell, calling him a killer and all that stuff so he's not going to help then we have this one this is this is a good one um the biden administration on saturday sent an envoy to venezuela that communist dictator socialist dictatorship where their citizens are eating freaking dogs to get that to negotiate getting rid of some of the sanctions that we have on Venezuela so they can send us oil. By the way, Republicans are absolutely furious about this. So, I mean, this country has called the United States the great Satan. This country is killing their people. This country, this is a terrible, terrible country. This country took oil fields from American companies who were drilling Kicked those American companies out, took everything that um, they wanted, everything that they built over there, and kicked them out. This is a terrible country. Well, some of the things Marco Rubio was quoted, uh, tweeted Joe Biden using Russia as an excuse to do the deal they always wanted to do with the Maduro regime. Rather than produce more American oil, he wants to replace the oil we buy from one murderous dictator with the oil from another murderous dictator. Thomas Massey says, SMH, can we focus on domestic energy development? The House Judiciary GOP said, why is Joe Biden more interested in getting oil from Russia and Iran and Venezuela? than the United States. And that's a good thing. We're going to talk about Iran, too. Um, Jeanette Nunez, the lieutenant governor of... Uh, I'm not sure where she's the lieutenant governor. But anyway, she said, rather than making America energy independent, Biden wants to buy oil from Maduro. Yet another murderous thug. Troubling pattern from this administration as they continue to embolden our enemies. All of this, by the way, is absolutely true. Matt Gates says, Don't forget Venezuela. And he just does the, does the, um, uh, some sad face icon or emoji. And then Lisa Booth, who I think is just really hot, uh, she said, This administration is such a joke. Biden admin courts Venezuela as Russian economy takes hits from sanctions. It, it, these guys are, it, he's just incredible. He keeps emboldening, emboldening our enemies. And I didn't even mention that he's also trying to figure out a way to get Iranian oil here. So he wants to get oil from Russia, Saudi Arabia, Iran, and Venezuela. Four countries that can't stand the United States. That is one thing, but the one thing Biden won't do is drill oil in the United States. Don't forget, we were energy independent in 2020. 2019 we were energy independent we were an exporter of oil they have made it very clear that they are not going to drill here Jen Psaki basically disciplined people during a press conference last week telling us that we needed to get off our dependence on oil even Elon Musk thought she was nuts he said and he builds electric cars he said we can't do that now we need to start drilling in the United States to drop these gas prices If we had continued our energy independence under the Trump administration, our prices would not be going up because we wouldn't need to worry about a war in Russia. But the Biden administration keeps doubling down. He he just keeps doing it. He doesn't care that uh, people are having trouble filling their gas tanks. He doesn't care that food prices are going up. He doesn't care that um, energy prices, home energy prices are going up. Electricity uses oil. Running water uses oil. I know it's weird, but it it does happen. You, You got a dam. That dam is using oil to power the dam. Home heating uses oil. The reality, one reality the Biden administration just refuses to face is that we are a fossil fuel world. We are not ready to go green. I would love to go green. I would love to see that solar and wind are as efficient as uh, uh, fossil fuels. But they're not. They're 10% efficiency compared to fossil fuels. But he doesn't care. And he doesn't care who suffers. Okay, anyway, and, and of course, you always have the, uh, you always have the, our betters, the elitists that have their opinion. So, George Sakai of Star Trek fame, he played Sulu on Star Trek. I mean, the guy's a nut job anyway, but you should, this is what he tweeted this weekend and he got absolutely torn apart about it. He said, Americans, colon, we can endure higher prices for food and gas if it means putting the screws to Putin. Consider it a patriotic donation in the fight for freedom and tyranny. What a tone-deaf, blind human being. George Takai is worth $14 million. Do you think he's suffering? Do you think he's worried about how he's going to go to his next half-assed movie uh, movie shoot? Do you think he's even driving? You can imagine the pushback, and the pushback came from Everybody. So first, here's conservative podcaster, Britt Griffin. He said, hey, rich guy, you can endure this, but us working class people, this is crushing us. But what do you care looking down from your nose at the people who make your world run? Precisely correct. Uh, Nonprofit Code of Vets, they tweeted out, many Americans and veterans live paycheck to paycheck, barely surviving now. This post is out of touch with the average American. And that's absolutely true. And the Biden administration is looking like they're out of touch with the average American. But it wasn't just the conservatives that attacked that train of thought. And by the way, that train of thought is all that. It's like uh, Joey Bayhard saying that, yeah, that war is really going to get in the way of her Italian vacation. Johnny Agzam, who is hardly a conser- conservative, he sat there and said... This is this right here is some of the is some pretty out of touch elitist b- BS. He said bullshit, but I'm not going to say that half of the U.S. has already been struggling just to get by waiting through a pandemic that our government has shirked responsibility to. And now he expects people to pay for punitive damages for more war games. You pay George. And that's the whole point. He is going to pay, but he doesn't care. And then there's Peter Coffin, a very leftist. Um, He he manages to go out and actually insult the United States too, but he is right. This is the kind of patriotism people have mistakenly attributed to proletarian patriots. This is the patriotism of the bourgeois, the support for U.S. imperialism over both the domestic and international proletariat. I mean, he kind of dicks U.S. a little bit here. But, I mean, still, he's right. This is a bourgeois answer. And he's right that if the United States goes into uh, Ukraine, creates a no-fly zone in Ukraine, we are now in the war. And it's people like George Sakai that don't need to worry about that. He's not going to be flying over Ukraine. It's going to be our sons and daughters. Now again, I wouldn't call that U.S. imperialism as Peter Coffin would, but he's a he's a leftist, so we're we're going to give him that. But there, this is the, the the big problem with this Ukrainian war is not only our gas prices. We're kind of ignoring other things, and I mentioned some of them last week. Some of the things that happened this weekend: uh, Kim Jong Un launched a ballistic missile into the China Sea. I believe it was the China Sea this weekend. Um. That's something that we probably shouldn't pay attention to with the ongoing Taiwan problem because North Korea is a an ally of China and China's made it very clear that they're going to go in. Now, the good news is China is seeing how Russia is performing and this might tone them down a little bit into going to Taiwan because... I have a hard time believing the United States is going to just ignore China and Taiwan. So China, this might be a little bit of a deterrent for China to go into into Taiwan right away. They may think about this a little bit and make sure they're trained. So there are things in the world. One of the things in the world is Iran. So Joe, B- the Biden administration is still trying to get into this crap Iran nuclear deal, they want to get it in, they want to get back into it so bad that they're throwing the kitchen sink into the deal and really asking nothing of Iran different than what Iran's been doing. Basically, Iran is going to get everything they want. Negotiators for the, three negotiators for the Biden administration left their posts, quit, because they said there was no negotiating here. They said everything, all we keep doing is giving, 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 and Iran is, Iran is just dragging their feet. And the big problem is, there's a Russian envoy that says that the envoy can't believe that Iran is getting so much. And the United States is getting so little. And by little, I mean nothing. We're getting really nothing from them. So this is what's happening with this Iran negotiating. Right now it's it's on hold. Iran will, according to the negotiation, Iran will get compensation from the United States. In other words, they're going to get more pallets of cash from the United States. Iran will be allowed to have free trade that includes selling oil to the United States. And I'm sure Biden is going to pump that out. Now, it's being really ignored because this is very unpopular, as you'll see in a few minutes. Iran will have to limit their nuclear production for the next 10 years. Of course, there are a couple problems with that. First off, there will be no independent observers to make sure that Iran is actually limiting their nuclear production. That's right. We're going to have to trust them. And Iran has shown so many reasons why we should be able to trust them. Iran has asked that the Revolutionary Guard be taken off the international terrorist list. Yeah, that's right. We're going to take terrorists off the international terrorist list. Uh, Russia, again, who is directly involved, threw a wrench into the whole mix this week. Or last week, excuse me. They said that, well, we want absolute unsanctioned free trade with Iran and unfortunately Russia is one of the negotiating partners in this Iran nuclear deal so that was kind of a, a red line I guess he crossed the uh, Russia crossed because the negotiations have broken off and they're not they're not negotiating right now I guess they're gonna wait for a couple of months and by the way I'm glad they're gonna wait for a couple months. Because I really am hoping that this goes all the way until the election. Because here's the thing: Republicans are furious about this negotiating during a war, and one of the partners is the country that started the war. A letter that was sent to the president was sent to the president by the Republicans, basically highlighting what's going on in and by the way, highlighting it because it's news. It, it, they, they don't have any top secret information they're letting out. They're saying this is what's happening over there. Your own negotiators are telling you what's happening over there. And it's not working. Iran wants more. They want the they want the kitchen sink. They want everything. And they know Biden is so desperate to get into this that they they can wait. They'll just wait. And all this time, they're still producing weapons-grade plutonium. And the big problem, the reason the Obama, nu- which was a terrible deal, but the reason the nuclear deal under Obama was okay, I guess, but it was better, was because Iran didn't really know how to do it, and they th- and maybe the uh, nuclear agreement would slow Iran down. Well, uh, Iran knows how to make nuclear weapon, nuclear grade plutonium now. It doesn't help them. Okay, you wait ten years. We're gonna have the same problem in ten years, and we've got we've still gotta trust Iran's not doing it now, and we know they are. They're lying. The Senate has threatened to block the deal with Iran. So if he decides to go into this deal, con- uh, the Senate is a, there's all Senate Republicans, including squishes like Mitt, Mitt Romney, have said yes. We will we will reject this. Now, that's kind of important, because Biden can go into this treaty on his own. He can sign that paper, and the treaty is done. I can't wait to see that signing ceremony. I'm sure it's not going to be embraced by the American people. But if he does sign that treaty without congressional support, it means that the next president, who will be a Republican, can just pop right out of that deal. Just like what happened with Obama, the uh, Iran nuclear deal and Trump. The second Trump came into office, maybe two months, he voided, voided the deal, and then reinstated sanctions. Biden, he's got a couple of months to have a chance that this treaty is put into law, and even then, it's going to be real if- iffy because Joe Manchin has already said this is a bad deal. Kirsten Cinema pretty much follows close to Joe Manchin. So I don't see a lot. I, I think there are probably a, a few more Democrats that are not into this. So we'll have to see how it's going on. There's there's a lot going on in the world. There was a tornado that, that blew out, killed, uh, what, two children, seven uh, people, including two children, tornadoes in Iowa. I mean, we've got a WNBA star stuck in Russia for carrying drugs. I'll probably talk about that one tomorrow because I'm kind of mixed on that one. But we we, I watch Fox News on a daily, and that's all they talk about, and it's all news, Daily Wire, OAN, Newsmax, all they're doing, CNN of course, MSNBC, all they're doing is talking about this, and you can tell, Washington Post, Oa is C, uh, Washington Post, New York Times, MSNBC, CNN they can see that this is not going well for the Biden administration because now they're blaming Trump on everything again. They Again, there were like three or four articles in the Washington Post this weekend talking about Donald Trump and how he's destroyed the world and crap like that. You know why? This isn't going well for Biden. His approval ratings did not go up after. They went up a little bit, but not much after his State of the Union address. That typically doesn't happen anyway. But it's still, he, Biden is losing popularity. He's looking weaker and weaker and weaker. And it's going to kill him in November. Okay, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Hope you have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene, and you've listened to Politics.